0: The other morning, I was woke up, and it was about six o'clock in the morning, and I woke up with this saying in my head, and I'm gonna start it, and those of you who know the rest of it, say it with me, all right? Woke up with this saying in my head. Weebles wobble, but amen. Now, how many of you do not have a clue what a weeble wobble is? Raise your hand. All right. I feel old now. I feel old. Well, you're going to get what a weeble wobble is in just a moment. But I kept hearing this over and over again. And I mean, you don't want to wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning with Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. And it just over and over, it was like it was screaming in my ear. So much so that I just reached, leaned over, I grabbed my phone and I'm like, I'm going to look up, um, you know, the old 70s commercials of the Weeble Wobble. And I was looking through all of that, you know, all of the cute little old 70s. You know, it was amazing how many Weeble Wobbles that they created starting back in the early 70s. And as I was looking through this, I kept hearing again, stand, keep standing. You can do this, keep standing. Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. Keep standing. And I was reminded of the scripture verses uh, in, in Ephesians, where it talks about when you have done all to stand, stand therefore. So I got up and started through my day, and again, it is just Like somebody is standing next to me, just shouting this over and over again. Weeble wobbles, stand, keep standing, stand firm. You're not gonna fall. You're okay. Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. So much so that all of a sudden I had this thought, and I said to the Lord, "This. I said, Lord, obviously, you know, you got something about weeble wobbles today. So I'm gonna ask you, Lord." would you hide, I don't even know why I said it, but I said, would you hide a weeble wobble for me that I could find? I think that would be cool because you don't see weeble wobbles around. It's not like just something you go to the store and pick up. I said, Lord, if you could hide a weeble wobble for me that I can find, it's just going to be just that point of contact of everything that you've been saying to me this morning about standing firm, keep standing. Well, Pastor and I were out running errands, and I thought, "Oh, I'm going to run into this little thrift store. How, who, how, give, me, give me a shout on my thrifters." <laughs> so I ran into a thrift store, and I thought, "I'm going to go look over in the kids section because I asked the Lord to hide me a Weeble Wobble, and I'm, it's for me to find. So I'm going to go and look as if I can find it." And I just looked through the toy section and everything. There was no Weeble Wobble. So I said, all right, Lord, you know, it was just something that I just thought would just be fun, you and me, you hide, so I'm going to go find it, you know, but I get it, you know, that's, I'm, I'm cool with that. Well, the very next day was my appointment with the specialist, and for those of you, if you hadn't, you know, didn't know, um, I had gotten some lab work done, and they said that there was a protein spike in my blood. They sent me to a doctor. The doctor said, yes, it's there. We need to send you to a specialist. And this was on a Tuesday. So I knew the Lord was trying to tell me something to just keep standing. So the very next day, I go to the specialist, and you know, it's very intimidating to walk in to a cancer care center, and to sit in the lobby, and the enemy shouting, and the enemy's telling me, you know, just be prepared because it's not going to be good. And, you know, you might want to do something for your grandchildren so that they'll remember you when they grow up because you won't be around. All this stuff is constantly, constantly, constantly in one ear. But in the other ear, will wobble, but they don't fall down. Keep standing. Keep standing. So I went back and I talked with the doctor And he said, yes, there's definitely a spike right here. And he said, you know, we need to look and you know, this kind of a thing, we're talking, you know, um, uh, bone marrow cancer. It's also, there's another thing that it could be going into. He said, but he kept looking at it, and he said, I wanna pull something up here on the computer for you. I'm I'm just gonna show you what this is. And as he was looking at it, and I was looking at it, you know how you do when you're at the doctor's office? You go, oh, mm mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't have a clue. What what am I supposed to be looking at? But yes, mm mm-hmm. So he's like, but here's the thing. It's a low spike. I started getting excited. I can deal with a low spike. He said, in fact, this could have a chance to possibly go down on its own. Now, everything he said after that was like in a Peanuts cartoon. It was like wah, 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 you know. I'm like, I'm not listening to anything past this thing is going to go down. So I know that it's because you all have been praying that we have been standing on the Word And I don't know how high or low the spike was before. All I know, it's low. And in five weeks, I go back and I get retested again. And he said, now, if you come back and it's still there, then we're going to diagnose with this, this, and this. And I was like, no, I've only got time for, for, you know, in five weeks to see you for a few moments, and then we are done. We never see each other after this. So you're going to continue to pray and believe with us. So when I got done and I left there, I thought it was really close to a goodwill that I like to go to. And my family always gives me a list. Could you look for this? And, you know, and I'm like, I love, you know, searching for that kind of stuff. So I walked in and I go through the store and there was nothing there that I was, you know, wanting. And I go to leave and I'm right at the door and I start to walk out. And then I went, all right, Lauren, I know I asked you, could you hide a weevil wobble for me so I could find it? This would just be a lot of fun to do. And so I'm just going to go over into the toy section. And if you've ever been to the Goodwill, the toy section is just, they, they, it's just thrown at the top of all the kids' clothes area. And so I'm walking along. And I'm looking and I'm going, you know, just through and, and, and I'm not moving stuff around. I'm like, Lord, I know when you hide it, it's not going to be something that it's going to have to be a horrible search for, but I'm going to find it. But So I walked down a couple of aisles and I was like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm old enough in the Lord to go, you know, you can put it out there, but a weeble wobble, God's got more important things to do, right? And then I decided... I'm just going to go down just this one last aisle, just, just because. And I got to the very end of this aisle. And Pastor Nick, can you put the picture up? Those of you that you don't remember Weeble Wobbles, see this little girl right here? That's a Weeble Wobble. <laughs> now here's the funny thing about it. She looks like me. Her hair's parted on the side and it's dark. We're kind of shaped the same. We like, she's got jewelry on. I like jewelry. <laughs> I grabbed that thing so fast, there was no no one was even around me. But it was like a bar of gold. I would like grabbed it so nobody else would grab my 99 cent weeble wobble. And I start, you know, this is the only time I was praising God for a mask, because I was like ugly cry and weird laugh all at the same time because God hid my weeble wobble for me to find, to remind me that I might get kicked around, I might get hit a few times, I might get reports I don't like, I might not hear what my bank has to tell me or my boss has to say, but you know what? With God, I might fall down, but I get right back up. So I put her next to my bed because I look at her when I wake up in the morning and I look at her when I go to bed at night and I thank the Lord for this little thing that he did. Now, how many of you know, I'm now asking the Lord if he'll hide some money so I can find it. (laughs) Those of you that are single and want a mate, Lord, hide my mate. I will find them. (laughs) God's no respecter person. Listen. I did laugh afterwards. I was like, wow, (laughs) that's what I asked for. (laughs) But I did, and the Lord gave it to me. And here's the thing, guys. The only way to keep standing when all hell is breaking out around you is you got to know that you have the armor of God that you need to put on daily in your life. And years ago I taught on the armor of God and I actually had two people that were up here and as I went through all the different pieces of the armor I dressed one as a soldier and what armor would look like but the other person that I dressed up was by the time we were done was dressed as a clown the helmet of salvation was you know the clown's hair and the shoes of peace was you know the big clown shoes and the sword of the spirit was just a balloon shaped into a sword. And the reason that I had done that was because I wanted you to understand when you don't know what the armor of God is, when you talk about the armor, but you don't put the armor on, the armor of God on, what happens is is you begin to look like a clown to the enemy, and you are, no longer are you intimidating to him. And he just goes, "You know what? You are a clown. You look like a clown, you're acting like a clown, therefore I can defeat you. And I want to tell you this morning that the armor of God that we have is the armor that we can put on, that when the enemy looks at us, he gets a little nervous. And he begins to go, wait a second. (laughs) They are dressed ready for battle and maybe I shouldn't mess with them today. And I was thinking, when I was thinking of clowns, I was, uh, for some, I, I instantly went to think of the game Whack-A-Mole. What the, it's the dumbest game. Because for me, defeat it once, and then what happens? You hit one, and immediately another one pops right back up. So then you hit that, and then another one pops back up. And you, and you begin to waste all your time and your energy hitting these surface creatures, But how many of you are tired of going after surface situations and surface issues when we got to deal with the root causes of some things? Because there's always something you can't see controlling something you can see so we're hitting all this surface stuff we're hitting all this the issues that pop up in our marriages and we're hitting the top issues of things that rise up with our finances and we're just trying to deal with all these surface things when God is saying we got to get to the root of what needs to be dealt with today and you can't deal with the root if you're not prepared and the way you're prepared to deal with root issues so that you don't have to spend the rest of your life just whacking at things that are just popping up in your life, but be done with it once and for all. And that is, you got to put on the armor of God so you can deal with root issues. Now, Ephesians 6 verse 10, it says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, take the shield of faith with which you you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now in that... Uh, verse 11, when it talks about the wiles of the the devil, another translation talks about the schemes. Because we have a devil that loves to scheme and plot. He's planning. He is watching for your weaknesses, and he is looking for patterns in your life to take advantage of. When Pastor and I were first married, our very first apartment, we hadn't been married that long and we came home one night, and our apartment had been broken into. And they had tried to get through the front door and then through the back door. And they, they broke in, and they took our VCR. It was a cool VCR, too, brand new. And they came in, and they took it. We called the police, and the police came out. And what, what, we were stunned because we were only gone for about an hour, and, and it, was, it was daylight when we left, and when we got back, it was still daylight. And in one hour's time, they came in, and they stole our brand-new VCR. And the police said that there had been a lot of um, robberies going on and, and breaking into homes and stealing VCRs. I hope they're still serving time for VCR that doesn't even, I mean, doesn't even really exist anymore, but... Uh, but uh, but what, they, what the police officers said is they w- have probably been watching your pattern of your days to know when to come in and when would be the right time to rob. And that's exactly what the enemy does in our lives. He will look for patterns of our lives. He's going to look for those weaknesses that you have, and that's where he's going to come, and that's where he's going to try to attack, and that's where we've got to be. Put on, that's where we have to put on the armor of God. In Isaiah 59, it talks about how God puts on the armor. And if God can put on armor, I think we need to put on some armor too in our lives. So let's talk about the armor. The first piece that we put on is the belt of truth. Now the soldier, when he would go to get dressed, the very first piece that he would put on is he would put on the belt That kind of held everything else together. And we need the Word of God to anchor. We need the truth of God's Word to anchor our lives and to attach everything else to that truth. It's not the truth of the culture of what's going on. It's not the truth of social media. It's not the truth of government. It's not the truth of somebody's opinion. Because you all heard that saying, opinions are like butts. Everybody's got one, and they all stink. So the truth isn't somebody else's opinion on something. The truth has to come from the Word of God in your life to anchor everything else around. And the enemy is all about deception, which blinds you to the point that you don't even realize you're being deceived. Have you ever talked to somebody? And they're like, you know, they're they're just going off about something. And you're like, you are so deceived on that. Everybody sees how deceived you are. How come you don't see how deceived you are? And what I have found in life is that when you're being deceived, you will find and search for validation from other people that are being deceived also. Because I tell you what, listen. You go, you know what? I'm on a diet. I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to eat right. What do you do when you want to cheat? You don't go to somebody who's going to say, don't cheat. Now let's just keep on. No, you're going to find somebody who's been dieting as long as you have and who will cheat with you and say, girl, we, we deserve this. We've been dieting for 24 hours. We deserve this. You're going to find somebody to validate. And the same thing happens in life. You will search out somebody when you're being deceived and not following what the truth of the word of God is, and you will find people that will go right along with you. But we got to stick to truth of God's word, because deception that makes you see and feel that you're okay to do that will ultimately lead to your destruction. You know, I was just thinking this morning, I was thinking about a person and, you know, They were so deceived to think that if something was left in their cart and they didn't pay for it and they got out to their car and realized, oh, I hadn't paid for it, and then they go, oh, favor. It was okay for that. And if it was okay for that, then it was okay for that. And if it's okay for that, then it's okay for that. And the line keeps getting pushed back farther and farther and farther till this person is not even serving God today. Because we will try and find the that that makes us feel good and not about the truth of God's word. And the enemy is hoping that we'll rely on our emotions and things that we can see and hear and touch. He hopes that we will rely on our own perception of truth and not the real truth. 2 Chronicles 15.3 says, For a long time Israel has been without the true God, without a teaching priest and without law. It did not say that they were without priest. They had priest. They were without teaching priest. They were without somebody who was going to tell you the truth out of the word of God. And what I have found as being a pastor for as many years that we have pastored is that there's people that want to know the truth of God. And then there's people, they just want the lights and the smoke and the illustrated messages and the special guest and the certain songs. And that's all great. And they don't want a teaching Priest to come up and say, This is what the word of God says. Now let's do it. But that's what truth is about. So, how do you keep from deception the enemy's traps for you? It's the accountability of the truth of God's word. It has to anchor your thoughts, it's got to anchor your actions. The truth of God has to anchor your words. And when you're living in the truth of God's word, there's victory. Now, let's talk about the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness, the easiest way to uh, explain righteousness is right standing with God. And I heard this analogy one time. It's a perfect analogy. If you take a rowboat and it's by the, you know, on land by the water and you turn the boat upside down, it creates a great atmosphere for nasty little creatures to wanna to come and live in that dark, damp environment. But if you flip the boat right side up, the way it's intended to be, when you flip it right side up, how many of you know those little nasty things, they're gonna slither away, they're gonna you know, fly, hop, crawl away, because it gets exposed. So righteousness is right side up living unrighteousness is upside down living and that upside down living creates the environment for the enemy to come in and live in that dark place and it's not about living a perfect life guys but it's about every day every moment of every day with the truth of God's word and letting that be the standard for what you think, letting God's uh, uh, word and, and his righteousness be the standard for your attitudes, for the way you think, for your decision-making. See, an armor uh, for a Roman soldier, they said weighed about 70 pounds. Can you imagine going into battle with an extra 70 pounds that you've got to carry around with you? And most of that weight was in the breastplate. You know, if if, if the soldier just put on the breastplate and that was it, it would weigh so heavy on their shoulders. It would just put a lot of stress on their back, a lot of stress on their neck and shoulders. But the thing about the breastplate is because they put the belt on first, that breastplate kind of rested on the belt. To help carry the weight and help carry the load of that breastplate. And the thing is, is that we don't have to carry our own righteousness. We can't do it on our own. And the truth that sets us free is that Jesus came to set us free by paying the price so that we get his righteousness. That breastplate guarded the vital organs. It guarded their heart. You could be the greatest warrior and you could have the greatest weapons, but if you weren't wearing a breastplate and that arrow got through, you did. And that's why we've got to make sure that the lies of the enemy, when they come, and that he begins to tell us how terrible we are. He begins to say, how could God even love you? He knows you. He knows your past. He knows what you have done. And when the enemy begins to accuse you, you can say that the righteousness of God that is in me, for God so loved the world, for God so loved me, I'm the apple of his eye. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. And the enemy will say, well, why even pray? God doesn't listen to you. Who, would, who are you that God would even respond to you and you can remind the devil because it's not about my righteousness because my righteousness is filthy rags the word says but because the righteousness of God lives in me it makes me worthy it makes me so that I can go before God in prayer that I can say to God Lord could you hide a weeble for me Because I need to just be reminded that I can stand through adversity and I can stand through bad reports and I can stand when I'm hurting and I can stand when I feel like everything is coming against me. It's because of your righteousness, God, that I can tell the enemy I get to be adopted by God. I'm his child. Let's talk about the shoes of peace. Um, Satan will use every weapon that he can to get you into a place of turmoil, to get you so that you are, you know, there's no peace in your mind, there's no peace in your home, there's no peace at your job. And the, and the soldiers, the shoes that were designed for them were designed for long battles. They were very thick soles. They wrapped around the ankles. They made sure that it wouldn't cause blisters and they wouldn't lose their shoes if they're running and, and long you know, marches that they were on. But they also came with spikes underneath. And these spikes were so that they could plant their feet and not fall. That they couldn't, you know, be taken down. They couldn't slide somewhere. They, you know, they could they could stand in a place of battle and not be pushed around. And Psalms forty-two says. It it, it goes on to say, and it pulled me from a lonely pit full of mud and mire. You let me stand on a rock with my feet firm that's a promise of God God is saying I'm going to lift you up out of that situation that you are on and because you got the gospel of peace those shoes that you are wearing I will plant you nice and firm and you don't have to worry and you don't have to be fearful and you don't have to live in a place of anxiety because you got peace that you wear and we got peace and security knowing that what God has already done, what he's doing, and what he will continue to do because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it's not just about standing firm, but we can be confident when we move. So we can be mobile because God is saying, I need you to go here and I need you to do this. And those shoes are meant so I can stand firm, but I can also walk this path. And the enemy can't take me down. You can stand in the middle of chaos and have victory. Shield of faith. The enemy's going to throw every dart that he can. He's going to throw doubt of, of, of darts of doubt and fear, worry, anxiety, pride, guilt, lies, half-truths. But you got to hold up your shield. Genesis 15.1 says, And after these things And the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. Psalms 91.1, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's the shield. Romans 10.17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As you hear the word, it builds your faith. So bigger faith, bigger shield. And we got to make sure that it is on a continual basis. Don't wait until you're in a situation and all of a sudden say, okay, we got to work on my faith here. Because now you're starting out with a shield this big and you're trying to, <laughs> you're trying to, you know, get the enemy's darts not to hit. But if every day you're spending in the truth of God's word, every day as you're allowing your faith to grow and, and, and to mature, you can stop every fiery dart of the wicked one. Helmet of salvation. You got to guard your mind. If Satan can get you to think a lie, he can get you to live a lie. And in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, out of the Living Bible says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs. And don't forget to thank him for his answers. If you do this, you will experience God's peace which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and your hearts quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. He wants you to think contrary to the promises of God. You get, you have about, uh, they estimate about 50 thoughts per minute. I've been talking for a while now. You've had a lot of thoughts going through your head. And we got to be careful what we allow to stay in our minds. And we got to make sure what needs to go has got to go. And it's about renewing our mind. And that renewing is not just a one-time thing. It's not just once a day. You might need to renew every 50 times every minute to make sure that we are thinking on the things of God. First Corinthians 2.16. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct me? But... We have the mind of Christ. You can think differently. You don't have to keep thinking the way that you always have thought. You can change that. And you change that through the word of God. Keep your mind set on God, God's ways, and you can reprogram your thinking. The sword of the spirit. That's your Bible, everybody. And pastor, we've been, he's been talking about the fact we might need to go old school around here. So we start bringing that Bible. And it's great to have it on your, on your phone and on your iPad and, you know, computer and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes you got to just grab your Bible. And you got to start writing in that thing. One of the things that I just started doing as of lately now that I'm a, I'm a grandma is that I'm taking my Bibles and I'm writing my notes that I've always done. I'm taking my old ones and i got some new ones because I want my grandkids to take my Bible and it, I want it, it to be a legacy for them. And they're going to see my notes and my revelation and the things that God spoke to me as I was reading in that word so I can write my notes and I can pass that thing on. And we need to p- take our Bibles because it isn't just about head knowledge. You can t- Listen, I am the worst when somebody says, where's that Bible verse at? I'm like, it's somewhere between Genesis and Revelations. That's about as good as I can narrow it down to because it's not about head knowledge. That's great if you memorize it, but if you don't have it applied in your life, it's nothing. It's just some knowledge. And you got to get the revelation out of it. We had a guy, we didn't illustrate a message. This was years ago. And we had this guy and he was going to play the archangel Michael. We had him in this Beautiful robe. We had this long wig on him, and we gave him this sword, and we were gonna fly him in, and he was gonna be hanging from the ceiling, and he was gonna be fighting against the devil. Who? It looked good in our head. What happened was he never practiced with the sword, and apparently the sword was a little heavy for him, and he didn't. It, it, when the, it, the harness went around his waist, so he had no ab muscles apparently, because i'll just kind of show you here was a archangel michael fighting the devil and the whole time he was like this and then and then he started spinning so he's not even facing the devil but honestly if you're not in your word and you're not taking the sword of the spirit How do you think you're going to fight against the devil when he begins to come into your life and tell you you're never going to make it, tell you the sickness is unto death, tell you your marriage is going to be destroyed? If you don't know how to take that sword of the spirit and fight the devil, you're not going to win. You got to have your armor on. Colossians 3.16 of the Passion Translation says, Let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. Apply the scriptures as you teach. That means don't keep it to yourself. Get that scripture in you and then begin to tell other people about it. And instruct one another with the psalms and with festive uh, praises and with prophetic songs, giving uh, to you spontaneously by the Spirit. So sing to God with all your heart. You can Google Thank you Jesus nowadays you can Google any scripture verse if there's a top listen I actually brought this along this right here this is this is just part of my uh, confessions it's scripture verses and because sometimes I'm in a panic and I'm like Oh, the uh, devil just hit me with that bill, and I don't know what I'm going to do. So I got my scripture verses all ready. I typed them out, and I can just begin to read them. I actually laminated them, and I put them on a hook. I can even take this in the shower with me (laughs) and do my scripture in there. We have to have the word of God that's applied in our lives, and you can find it for every single topic. Just do a little bit of work. Get that word alive on the inside of you. So this is how you fight. This is how you stand. You can stand in the middle of calamity, and you can stand in the middle of adversity, and you can stand in the middle of failure, and you can stand in the middle of heartbreak and sickness and rejection and loneliness knowing that God is your deliverer, and he's about to change your situation. You can put on the armor of God. And you got to recognize who the real enemy is and that you're already victorious over him. And I'm going to close with this story. And I thought it was such an amazing story. And it was about a master chess champion. And he loved art and he went on vacation over in Europe and he decided to visit some art galleries and He went into one, and one painting in particular caught his attention. And it was a painting of a chess game that was going on, and the two opponents. The one opponent was the devil, the other was a young man. The devil was looking at the young man, and he had a smile on his face, and he was leaning back in his chair. He was so arrogant. And the young man, is, he's looking down at the chessboard, and there's sweat on his brow, and there's this worry all over his face. And the title of the painting was called Checkmate. While well, as this master chess champion is looking at this painting, he's like, something's not right about this. And he kept staring at it. And finally, he called the curator of the gallery over and he's like something is not right with this painting would you allow me to bring in a chess set i i, I want to set it up the same way and i got to see what's going on with this so he brought in a table and he brought in the chessboard and the chess pieces and he put it up underneath the painting and he would look at the painting and he would place every chess piece exactly the way it was in the painting And he would look down at this chessboard. He would look at the painting. He would look back at the chessboard again, and he would study where all the pieces were on there. All of a sudden, after a few moments, he started to smile. And he looked up at the painting and talking to the young man, like as if the young man in the painting could hear him, he said, you need to wipe your brow. You need to get that worried look off of your face because the devil has implied that you're out of moves and that you're in checkmate, but your king has one more move, and if you move that piece, if you move that king one space, you will now put the devil in checkmate. Guys, I'm here to tell you, your king has one more move in your life. He's got one more move that is going to take you from poverty to riches. He's got one more move that's going to take you from sickness into health. He's got one more move that's going to take that marriage that's broken into a marriage that's bliss. He's got one more move that's going to take your children that are lost and on drugs and bring them back into the things of God. He's got one more move that's going to bring you from turmoil and anxiety into a place of peace and joy. Your king has one more move. You got to know. And you know, when you put that armor on, every single day, you put it on. And when you put it on, it gives you revelation. When you put it on, it brings that faith. It brings that peace. It brings the, that, the revelation out of that word of God and out of the truth of God. It guards your heart and your mind. So then you can see it. The young man in the picture couldn't see it. He thought it's over. The devil has come to take my life. But when you do, every day, Put it on. When you got up this morning, not one of you thought to walk out of your house naked. It's just a natural thing that you do. Before I leave, I'm getting dressed. And that's exactly exactly how the armor of God needs to be in our life. We need to just put it on in the morning. Maybe you need to just write a note, have it in your phone to ding before you get out of the house. Put on, put on my armor until it becomes something that's so second nature because the enemy, he is sitting thinking he's about to take you out. But you got on your armor, guys. You got it on. And you got one more move. Amen. Let's give God a shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Ask yes, our God. Amen.